all my beloved baddies my name is quenisha and you are back at be a better baddie and i am your host coach teacher and fellow baddie today we're going to be talking about something that is very near and dear to my heart and probably to your hearts as well and it is the soft life everybody was on this soft life train a few years ago i think we're still on the train but do as you please do what you want of course like a trend is just a trend like there are people clearly living these lives and doing these things in real life and not just for TikTok, which is what i want to talk about today so people do these things and they show the aesthetics of a certain lifestyle and they're like i'm living a soft life because they're pl- wearing soft fluffy curls they're wearing the color pink they are wearing their frilly dresses right They are drinking their wine every night. They are living the soft life. And I mean, sure, take that, do whatever you want to do with it. But just because you have the aesthetics to match a certain lifestyle doesn't mean you are living that lifestyle. I believe I live a soft life. And I'm going to give you the six ways I live a soft life so that you can start living a soft life, my dear. But I will preface it with this. In order to live a soft life, you have to be hard. You have to be able to set standards. You have to work to even have money. You need money to kind of be soft, right? Don't think that the world exists in this binary vacuum where either you are masculine and rough and tough or either you are feminine and dainty and never lift a finger. There's always a middle. There's always a gray area. Jump off my soapbox now and start talking about how I live a soft life. So I want to start with Urban Dictionary's definition of a soft life. An Urban Dictionary tells us that the act of simply living a life with less stress, worry, and concern, making better decisions that benefit your overall well-being, you don't need to prioritize fitting in or following trends. You're just here to live your divine purpose. To be a luxury girl, I feel like that's about exclusivity, right? Only you have to have a certain amount of money to buy these luxuries. Or you could buy the dupes. Everyone wearing fake stuff now. Like, just buy the fake stuff. And then you could be considered a luxury girl. But for the soft life girls, I think that this is more of a mindset. More of a mindset rather than it is about the material things associated with it. Now, some of the luxuries and the mindsets that you would adopt to live this soft girl lifestyle, especially I think in the lens that I'm presenting it in, it does require a certain level of finances. Like you have to be able to finance these things in some kind of way. I'm not going to say that everybody could be a soft girl. Hi, editing mode, Quenisha here. I deleted a point that I was making earlier with this because I don't feel like I was clear enough. So I'm not going to say that everyone cannot be a, a soft girl. However, some of our lives are in a place where we aren't in thriving mode. We are sometimes in survival mode. I feel like for you to live a soft girl lifestyle, you have to be out of survival mode. So that's all I want to say. I'm going to get back to the video. So these are the things that I do to live a soft life. Number one is I stay in my own lane. I am not constantly wondering what someone else is doing, what someone else has, because that way, I'm never, I will never be content with what I do have and what I am doing if I'm constantly looking to see what someone else is doing. But 
staying in your own lane requires you to love the lane that you're in, right? I'm able to stay in my own lane because I love this lane. I'm sitting here in my car. I'm driving, right? I love the interior of my car. I love the way my car drives. I love the maintenance of my car. I love my car. So I'm not even focused on this other car on the other side of me. I'm not because I'm so wrapped up in my own car. I'm so wrapped up in my own life that I am not constantly comparing myself to other people. So by me doing this, I'm able to focus on my own priorities. And that in turn is going to improve the relationship with myself because I am investing so much into myself. I am pouring so much into myself that I'm showing myself, wow, self, I really love you. Look at that. I'm worried about you. I'm making sure that you are good. That I think is the ultimate softness right there, right? I don't have time to judge other people. I don't have time to worry about what other people are doing. I don't have time to wonder why do they have this and I don't because I'm staying in my own lane. When you're able to just pour into yourself and nurture into yourself, you don't have to prove anything to anyone or you don't feel like you're lacking anything. So that is number one. I stay in my own lane. Number two, and this one took me so long to unlearn is say no to struggle. Success is not measured by how much struggle you had to face to reach your desired endpoint. Nobody gets an award at the end of life saying you struggled the most, therefore you deserve the most. That doesn't happen. And it took me so long to unlearn that I had to struggle to get certain things. I had to struggle to be happy. You just deserve happiness. And if you believe that you just deserve happiness, then You're going to say no to things that make you struggle to achieve that happiness that you want. Whatever that end point is, whatever the goal is, whatever the problem, whatever it is, if you're struggling to get it, it's stressing you out and it's, it's just not worth it. Now, I'm not saying don't work hard for anything. Never said that. Never, never said that. And let me take a step back. And I think that the biggest struggle that I'm talking about is love, struggle love. And I'm going to read this quote from Rosa Johnson from The Medium. She said that struggle love is defined as a belief that for a couple to grow, one or both people must inflict emotional, physical, or psychological pain within the relationship. This pain will allow the couple to reach new levels in their relationships. Once they get through to the other side, they will reap the benefits of the anguish they endured. This is not my cup of tea. I don't think it should be your cup of tea because I always... I always hate when I hear like on Basketball Wives, they're like, you know, me and Robert struggled so much. Like he put me through so much, but it was worth it in the end because it brought us closer together. He broke you down. He made you feel horrible. He embarrassed you. And 20 years later, you're going to say that you're happy he did that because it made you a better person. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. When I was younger, I would always question in relationships like, is it supposed to be this hard? Like, is this what relationships are supposed to be? When I genuinely started to experience romantic relationships as an adult, I was like, is this what they were doing? Like, is this, this is, this is not life. This cannot be life. And through time, through experience, I've discovered that no, a relationship does not have to require struggle for it to be fulfilling or successful. That is, I don't know where that comes from, but I'm not buying into it and you shouldn't either. A struggle love is a toxic life and nobody needs that. 
moving on number three ask for help black women women of color you don't have to do it all you don't there are people who are more than willing to help you with the thing let me tell you a quick story i was on a plane the other day and i was sitting towards the front when i got on the plane there was no overhead space above my seat so i had to put it like two two bins behind me so when the plane stopped you know everyone when the plane lands and we get to the to the little whatever the gate people are like whoa 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 gotta get up right so everyone's doing that i was like okay i have two options either as the plane was landing i was like okay i have two options i can get up and just bomb rush to get back there or i can just wait and ask someone to help me i sat there and everyone was everyone got up right i sat everyone got up they started doing their little thing pulling down their suitcases i just asked the man behind me to ask the other man behind him to get my suitcase and pass it up to me they happily obliged I had my suitcase. I did not have to bomb rush anyone. I didn't have to knock anyone over. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to let other people help you. And this also makes me think of like the network that you build and the community you build, right? You want to have a group of solid people in your corner that you can call on when you need help. Because a part of the reason so many of us don't want to ask for help is because we feel like we don't have people to help us or we feel like the people who we would ask wouldn't do it for us and I'm saying that because it's been my experience that's how I felt as well but over time like if you just put yourself out there people will be receptive to you asking for help and people will ask for help back from you and that's okay that's a part of building community sometimes also we don't like to ask for help because we feel like it paints us as incapable or incompetent but really it takes wisdom, it takes intelligence for you to realize this isn't my realm of expertise. It would be better if I asked someone else to help me with this or it would be better if I got someone else's opinion on this because sitting there trying to figure it all out is very stressful. I have tried to figure it all out and I have not and that's okay. I still feel good. There was a study done that showed that kids as young as five years old cared about their reputation among their peers and they will cheat on games to appear smarter. Then kids as young as seven start to associate asking adults for help to incompetence. Whoa. So this is something that really is baked into our society, right? Kids five years old are going to cheat on a game to appear smarter. Kids seven years old don't want to ask for help because they don't want to seem incompetent. And I remember when I was a teacher, I would encourage all of my students to ask questions. I wouldn't say, do you have any questions? I would always say, what questions do you have? But I think just changing that word, right, to what questions do you have? It, it opens up the space for questions. It's like, oh, people have questions, not do you have any questions, yes or no. We want to instead open it up. Now as an adult, I'm able to ask for help because I see the value in other people's voices, other people's talents, other people's opinions, and I'm willing to take those and incorporate them into my life. The fourth thing that I do to live this soft life is create self-loving habits and routines. Habits and routines make your life so much more easier because you remove the decision-making fatigue from everyday life. The most important routines, I believe, are your morning routine and your evening routine, right? You wake up in the morning, how you wake up, how you prepare for the day, how you set the tone 
for the entire day and then how you wind down, how you encapsulate and close off the day are very important. I recently did an episode about creating the perfect morning routine and I am going to link that in the show notes for you to learn more about your morning routine or how you can create this perfect morning routine. But overall, whenever I am creating routines or habits, I would ask myself, how would future Quenisha feel about this? How would future Quenisha feel about me waking up every day to drink water, stretch a little bit, work out most days of the week, walking my dog, journaling, planning for my day? How would future Quenisha feel about that? Future Quenisha would love it. Future Quenisha would love it. I know that Quenisha five years from now is going to absolutely love all the things that I do for her because I am thinking about her whenever I do things. Number five, this is the one I was getting to. Soft life baddies pay for convenience sometimes. Not all convenience because some of those conveniences are actually inconveniences. I'm going to just say it. Amazon Prime is inconvenient. I would never pay for it. I'm not paying for it. But back to my point, right? Because we're speaking from the positive. Sometimes saving money isn't always worth it. I used to be the I can do it myself queen or I am going to save as much money as possible queen. But some things are starting to shift in my brain, right? I feel like the money will always come. I feel like money's always coming. And the more money I put into the world, the more money I'm going to receive back or even the more value I'm going to receive back. So I think just changing the relationship I have with money was a game changer for this. Number two, I've I've ruined some things in my life trying to cut corners and save money. I'm too old now. I'm too old. I'm not I'm not ruining my life because I wanted to save some money. Sorry. And this isn't for all things. So, for instance, me doing my hair, I will still prefer to do my own hair. I would rather save how much braids cost? $500? I don't know. I would rather sit at home for two days and spend time with myself and really put that time and effort into myself and do my own hair. My nails, I love the look of my nails being done, but I'm not going to go to a nail salon. I feel like they hurt. I feel like it's uncomfortable. I don't want to be in there. I don't feel like it's worth the money. Press on nails. I'm going to save money there. Now, the things that I will pay for, right? My inconveniences, I'm going to pay for a direct flight. I am not going to try to save $200 to sit for six hours in one airport and get back on another plane because my comfort isn't worth it. I'm already an anxious flyer. So the fact that I would have to take two flights to get to one place rather than one direct flight, I'd rather pay the extra money for that. Knowing that I have to go somewhere where parking sucks, I'd rather pay for an Uber there than for me to ride around, look for parking, and then try to park. Especially if it's parallel parking, no thank you. Because then I'm going to have to pay for parking too. I'm going to have to be anxious during the parking process. I'd rather just pay for an Uber rather than pay for parking and go through that entire process. So sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. But I feel like overall, when you're able to save time with your money, it's worth it. And this is still something that I am trying to embrace even more. I've been re-listening to the book, We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. And she talks a lot about like, you know, trading your time for money. So paying for someone to wash your clothes. Like I was doing laundry yesterday and I looked at how much time I spent washing clothes and folding clothes, putting clothes away. And I thought, what if someone else did this? Like they just took my clothes somewhere, washed them, dried them, fold them, brought them back. All I had to do was put them away. 
what would I do with that extra time, right? So now I'm sitting here recording this video. I am dreading editing the video. I don't want to edit the video. So I'm also thinking, okay, maybe I should pay someone to edit this. But that is one mental blockage that I haven't overcome just yet. Those those everyday tasks that I feel like I can do. I'm capable of doing them. Why should I pay someone to do them? So I'm still... I'm still going to throw money at inconveniences, but we are all still learning and growing. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll just continue editing my own videos and doing my own laundry for the rest of my life. Who knows? The last way I live a soft life is enjoying the simple pleasures of life. A few years ago, there was this TikTok trend about romanticizing your life. And there was just like this audio over people doing the most mundane tasks. And I think that that's so unnecessary, like intentionally enjoying the little things that you do every day is so important. We spend so much time looking forward to big events like graduations, marriages, birthdays. But in between all that time, you are just living your everyday life. And that is the life that makes you who you are. Those days are important and those days are what bring you joy. And if you just sit around waiting for all the big events to happen rather than enjoying and romanticizing those little moments, you're going to find yourself in a very unhappy predicament. So some of the little things that I enjoy on a day-to-day -day basis are putting together a cute outfit. I enjoy a good skin day. I enjoy a cup of coffee. I enjoy my, I have lipstick all around this, but I enjoy just drinking water out of this little glass. It's cute to look at. Why not? I enjoy little things like my dog's face when he sees a horse. I live in Texas. Horses are everywhere. I enjoy just sitting on my couch and reading my book. Side note, when I first got my couch, I would not sit on it for anything. I was like, this was expensive. I'm not sitting on it. But what'd you get the couch for? Enjoy the couch because guess what? It's eventually going to wear down. Also, who's to say I'm going to want the same couch in 10 years? What am I preserving it for? Other little things I romanticize. Working out. I love the end of a workout. I love taking a walk. Writing down my plans. I love making my bed. So all these little things, I'm like, huh, I found joy in these. These are happy. Those moments are going to help you find more gratitude. Again, I keep referencing this gratitude series. If you're not a grateful girly, I'm sorry for you. You you need to go listen to that gratitude series. But all those things help you express gratitude. When you express more gratitude, you're a happier person. You're a healthier person. You are a better person when you show gratitude for things, people, events, no matter how big or small they are. So overall, I think that me living a soft life is really about me living a life of leisure. I'm not overly exerting myself to get things. I am not trying to get what other people have. I am simply taking what I have, trying to maximize it, trying to be the best person I can. And I think that that is me living a soft life. So I'd love to hear from you all about what you think about living a soft life. Like what is living a soft life to you? What are those things that you do in your daily life that help you live a soft life? Or if you don't like living a soft life, tell me why either. So with that, I will see you all in the next one. Bye.